Hi, welcome to Because You Won't Read It. We're your host, Paula Hewn. And Natasha Gaines. And what we are going to do today is guide you through one of the best books ever written, which is Think and Grow Rich. This is written by Napoleon Hill, which is written in 1937. So we're going to talk, I know, we're going to talk about some of these concepts to help us think and grow rich in our minds. Um, We're going to also be giving you practical, modern, obviously, ways on how you can utilize the features in this book and help your business grow. Because as you know, you won't read it. (laughs) So me and Natasha, we are going to painstakingly read this and other great books this season and break them down for you and give you the the nuggets and the juice that you need to really make your businesses great. Taking Um, out all the gems. Yeah. For you to use. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, you don't read it because you don't have time and I can respect that. Right? Sure. Absolutely. And sometimes it's hard to listen and really retain everything that's in a book. So that's why we're here. um, And we're going to get to it. First and foremost, when you get this book, Think and Grow Rich, there's a couple different versions. There is a more modern version. We went with the authentic first version, uh, the one written again in the 30s. Okay. This is written in 1937. 1937. As you can imagine, there's a certain voice when an author writes a book and my first instinct when Natasha convinced me to read this book was my goodness, this is such a masculine book. And I don't mean that in that whole feministic, Oh, it's talking about, you know, only about men. No, I'm not talking about that at all. It was just this weird, like I was transported Back in time. Literally back to the 30s. Literally I mean, back in time to the 30s. He makes you see things from his 30s point of view. Right. That's like, the thing. And it was much more masculine. Right. Like, I imagine I'm in a room, much like we are here with all the wood. Okay. Right. But like in a library with, with all these books of multiple different colored spines and things like that. And there's a lingering cigar smoke and brandy glasses oh all over God. the place. Like there's a couple guys sitting around looking like Abe Lincoln and whatnot. Right. Like they're wearing their, their casual yes. suit wear, <laughs> you know, not, not, not their fancy suit, their casual <laughs> suit. Right. Like that's kind of how I felt. And it was, re- it was real trippy reading it because um, I am an avid reader and a lot of the books I've been reading have a different voice nowadays, yeah. I think, especially if one that's written to help your business grow and to help your thought process and stuff. So I was fascinated with this book from Go. And Just the to- first time you called me about <laughs> it, you were even like, oh, this is pretty masculine. Like you were... You weren't feeling it at all at no. first. And I was like, wait, it's a great book. It's this, it's that. So that whole masculine part kind of, I didn't even see right into that actually, but I totally understand what you mean. Right. So, and I wanted to bring that up because I don't want to discourage other women from reading this book because Correct. it can get awkward. I got so much out of it though. Even at the awkward moments, it really made me think of it from a different view. Right. And we do need to do that. Right. Absolutely. It gets you out of your comfort yep, zone absolutely. so much that, you know, you, you look at it and we're going to go into this a little bit more deeper, but the coolest thing I think about this book, it's actually very modern 
for the time that it was written. Oh, and yeah. it was a lot of fun to uncover that. And we're going to go into that in a couple different chapters. Um, but this is one of those books that you do have to see to the end to yeah. understand that. Yeah. Your first impression wasn't that. Mm-hmm. But then you realize, okay, wait a minute. He's stuck in the 30s, but at the same time, he's so far ahead of his time. Yeah. All Absol- at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of the things that some of his basics tips are things that we're just now coming to fruition to understand and and really kind of be on the forefront and talk about, yeah. you know, like mental health and um, mm-hmm. overworking and, and things like that. It's yep. phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. So we're going to kind of get into it. All right. We're right, going right to just, in. this book was written in a way where going chapter by chapter makes more sense. That's not exactly how we're going to always go through these books, but I think for this one, it really makes sense. Would you Definitely. agree? Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So you start the book off with desire. Desire. Simply like, what is your desire? Everybody has a desire. You have to be able to identify your desire. Number one. Yeah, for sure. Identify your desire, understand what it means to you. Mm -hmm. Right. So on page 33, there's a poem and I'm going to read it. And, and I thought it kind of exemplifies the desire idea a little bit. I bargained with life for a penny and life would pay no more. However, I begged at evening when I counted my scanty store for life is, is a just employer. He gives you what you ask, but once you have set the wages, why you must bear the task. I worked for a medial's hire only to learn dismayed that any wage I had asked of life, life would have willingly paid. I like that. Right? Isn't that awesome? Yes. So your desire is what you want. Now, negotiating, they tell you, always start with what you want. As a realtor, when you- they tell you to start high. Right. When negotiating. Exactly. So if if you're help, if you have a seller and they want to- sell their home, you, you do what, what are you going to, what are you going to suggest? So for the sale price, I am going to, you know, look at the comps and try to get them as much money as possible. Obviously. Exactly. I'm going to shoot high. You're going to shoot high. Right. What do you desire? How much money do you're going to ask your clients? How much money do you want to make off of this sale? Yep. What is their end goal? What are the, what do they want to net after everything? So taking that into account, that's how we'll set the sale price. Exactly. And in life, and when you're setting your own personal business goals, don't set them low, make them attainable. I'm not saying, you know, I'm going to be millionaire in a year, right? Like make it attainable, but your desire could still be, I want to be a millionaire, but make sure the time is, is reasonable. But if you don't put it there, if you don't ask for it out loud, out loud to yourself yourself and to the world, you're not going to get it. That's what that poem says. It's like, you will get, you can ask for menial. You can be like, Oh, I'm desperate for a job. I'll just take anything, especially right now in this in this industry or in this, yeah, in this industry, right? I know lots of loan anything. Off- they'll take any amount of commissions or just desperate to get it. But yeah. you know, don't forget your value. Set yourself. Set your goals high. How many? How many times have you seen a listing where the seller's agent is cutting their commission all the time just to get the deal? A lot of times that desperation. Yep. I know loan officers that take 
menial commissions. I mean, I'm talking like can't even live, like why bothered with the work commissions just to win the deal to offer a lower rate because that's, that's what they feel they need to do to get the, get the work. That's what they're asking for. They're just asking for anything. Yeah. Your desire needs to be specific. Your desire has to be uh, what you actually want. If you want to negotiate rate, if you want to have those conversations about, oh, what's your commission going to be on the sale? That's what you're going to get. Yeah. If you're worried about that, that's what you're going to get. So your desire should be, I want to find the clients who aren't going to, who are going to honor and respect what I have to offer that knowing that I'm going to get their deal done. Exactly. Knowing, you knowing you're going to get the most possible for their house and you're going to, you're going to do it. And what you do costs money. Okay. What you do is deserving of that. Yep. So when so. we talk desire, you have to really know what you're looking for. setting your goal, right? Know your worth. And know your worth, right? Yep. Absolutely. It's all about ha- creating your first thought. Okay. Putting that to your subconscious so that your subconscious then will make decisions that'll get you to your desire, right? So your desire is your thought. And then the power of that desire is going to move into your subconscious. And we're going to show you how to do that later on in, in the podcast, which will then help you make decisions that are going to get you your desire. It's literally like all connected. Yeah. Like it, he really wrote this book in steps on purpose. Right. To follow. And you know, here's something I want to point out. The cool thing about this book is he does give you instructions on how to read it. It's extensive. It's like read a chapter, then have a mastermind group about it, sit on it, think about it, read it five times. But I think there's some truth into why. Reading the whole book the first time, I think there's a lot of reason why he wanted wanted the reader to do that because it is heavy. You know, and these are very heavy thoughts. But, you know, you're you got to have your set definition of what your desire is so that you can have your set definition of what riches are. There you go. Because riches is different for everybody. It doesn't all mean monetary. So first you have your desire. Now you have to have the belief. You have to have faith. So yes, so, faith, chapter three. Right. It's titled Visualization of and Belief in Attainment of Desire. Right. So really, honestly, I think this chapter, and I think you would agree with me, is that foundation to everything else in the book. Absolutely. And life. And life. And we're not talking, it could be faith in a higher power, a higher being, you know, religious faith. Absolutely. But faith is way more than that. There's a quote, it says, faith removes limitations. I like that. Right? So faith removes limitations. I want you to sit on that for a second and think, what does that mean? Well, if you are sitting there and you're saying, well, I can't do any of this because I'm too busy. I can't read this book. I'm too busy. Boom. Already limiting yourself. Limiting yourself. There's your limitations yourself. Right. Exactly. If I would have said, mm, I can't read this book. It's too, it's too masculine for me. <laughs> right. I'm limiting myself and I would never be, I would never have the, the knowledge in here. Okay. Correct. But really having faith in yourself and in your desire in your goal, it those mountains to get to your goal 
shrink down to like anthills. Yeah. It removes limitations. Yeah. And it's not, it's the same situation might be there, but now you don't see it as a limitation. You just see it as like, oh, let me find a workaround. Let me find yeah. another new opportunity, a new way. It's not a limitation. It's right. just a new opportunity. Right. And, and it's, it's a lot of, it, it's a lot of just that belief. Yep. But it's hard. It is hard. It is hard. But you can't be in faith and be afraid at the same time. Your mind doesn't work right. that way. That's right. It just won't allow us to. So yep. when you feel like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to try to put in this offer because it's a lowball offer. My client needs a seller concession. Forget it. Get that fear out of your mind. Just, just jump out, leap out on faith and put right. in the offer. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to be any worse off if your client's offer doesn't get accepted. Right. But we know what happens if you don't put the offer in. Right. It definitely won't get accepted. Exactly. You're, you're, you're at zero. You start every day at zero. You start every challenge. You start every goal at zero. And your actions are what moves you up the line. Little by little. But yep. no action, you're going to stay at zero. All day. Yep. Every day. Yeah. Yep. So that's why I love, I really did love this chapter. And I think it, you know, having faith in, and it sounds hokey, have faith in yourself. <laughs> you know, I do but connect it's so true. to it spiritually for me. Everybody mm-hmm. may not, but if you don't, you still need some faith about yourself to, to move on. Right. To exactly. really get this and be successful. Absolutely. So you've, and, and I, and I find it interesting that I think a lot of people will sit here and they'll have faith in religion. Like, and this is not to say anything wrong about that. Like they have like this undeniable belief and faith in it, but yet they don't have belief in themselves. Oh, darn, that's good. Right? Because I know some, you know, great church going yeah. folks that will, that they have the utmost faith in their faith, right? Right. But you're right. You got to have that same faith, that same about yourself. Yeah. Oh, to for get sure. things done. Absolutely. Right. It's a and, really good way to put it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's not diminishing your faith in, in other aspects. I mean, faith is believing. Right. You have, do you believe in yourself? You exactly. have to have belief in yourself. Right. So why not? You have that desire, have the belief you can reach that desire. Yep. If you don't, then stop this. Faith is the belief that something can happen without you actually seeing the proof that it's going to happen. Yes, so exactly. I can have that about myself. I definitely do. Yeah. About my goals, about my career. Absolutely. And the cool thing is that it sets the stage for you to create what that looks like. Right. You're you're, you're the, the narrator painter. of this story for yourself. Yes. So, so wait, so how can you be wrong? You can't. If That's it's the your point. story. Right? It's your story. Your that... faith. Your story. That's great. <laughs> right. You're done. Like that, and that's the power of faith. And that's why faith is the foundation in everything else we're going to be talking about within this book. And quite frankly, in, in going forward, um, one thing I want to point out is like this book, the Think and Grow Rich, really has a lot of influence in all these popular books and stuff that you see on the shelves yes. and you may have heard about on how to become successful and how to build your your business. Um, so keep that in mind that. You're actually right. A lot of these yeah. self-help books, these motivational books, all of these, so, some or all of these points are in these books. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I've been reading them. I yeah. Know. I could have just read this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, the, the reason is because it does hit people in different ways. I yeah. think that's why everyone writes, you know, different different things. But this is a great foundation. And, and I think it only goes up from here. Yes. Agreed. So, 
So moving on into the into the next part of the book is something really fun. And this is where I feel the author kind of has this <laughs> I think he's like psychic or can see in the future. Cuz this is all about auto suggestion. Now we all know about auto suggestion. We hear it. We've always heard, oh, when you go supermarket shopping, they're putting subliminal messages in the music to make you buy more milk. Yeah. Probably. Probably, yes. <laughs> Marketing has been using auto-suggestion since the dawning of time, it feels like. Exactly. Another example, like if you're, you know, Googling or you're shopping on Amazon and I'm shopping the latest, you know, tech ideas for our podcast here, right. then I go on the Facebook and boom. What ads do I have that come up? Right. The stuff I was just looking at, you know? Right. And and to add to that, they're really smart. They know you're not going to automatically click on it because you were just looking at Amazon. Right. And you're kind of sketchy because you're like, all right, who's all right. stalking me? Right. Because we all heard, you know, your phone is listening. <laughs> However, what they do is they continue. They put you on a campaign for a very long time. So. Oh, they got a major drip campaign going there. Absolutely. Because wow. they know. That, but I guess that makes sense. Yeah. It's just auto, right? Auto. Well, uh, I told you the story about my buying habits and how how I was like dead set against this one app. No, 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 no. And they broke me. And you kept seeing it. They broke me. You kept seeing it until boom. Exactly. Exactly. $100. Completely. <laughs> Completely. It also mentions that, you know, this auto suggestion can be negative or positive. Right. You know, so if you keep seeing negative things, those things are just staying in your mind and you're eventually going to start to believe them. If you keep hearing negative things, right. you're going to start to believe them. So that's why we want to surround ourselves with the positive. Right. It's like your affirmations. Yep. So again, this has been really big over the past, I would probably say 10 years of of you know being in the mainstream of how po- how positive affirmations can help motivate your brain can train your brain can can redirect the lizard brain we've heard it all a billion d- different times right but it's so true it, it really is legit it just right. makes you feel good about yourself and um like you said earlier i like to do affirmations in the morning mm-hmm. i like to start my day talking nice to myself talking good speaking good to myself Right. You know, before you get out into this crazy world where people are not going to be so nice. Right. And what it's doing into your brain is it's drilling it into the So I don't know if you know this. You probably do because I, you, you have a lot of vast knowledge about the body and brain and things like that. Um, you do. We'll see. You do. <laughs> and uh, But your brain is a muscle and you can build new synapses. Synapses? Synapses. Synapses. Yes. You can build one. And so- when that's kind of the way the auto suggestion works. So if you continuously tell yourself something over and over and over and over and over again, you're redirecting that your brain energy into yep. that direction. And then kind of how it works. It, it's like an automatic thought. It's it's your habit thought right. now. You've retrained that part of your brain to think it in this certain way. Right. And so that, you're sub- that suits you better. So going back to that subconscious that we talked about in faith, right? The subconscious will move into the direction of your desire. It That's how it works is this auto-suggestion. I am going to write $15 million in business. If you say that to yourself every single day, you're reaching the depths of your subconscious. And that subconscious will in turn start making decisions for you on your behalf because it does it all the time, whether exactly. you want it to or not. That's why it's called auto. Right. 
to move yourself in that direction. Yep. And you'll find yourself less likely to go, oh, I can't make my phone calls because I need a cup of coffee. Yep. Because your subconscious is going to say you don't need a cup of coffee. Your subconscious is opening up Mi- your mind to receive yeah. those other opportunities that may have been closed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. To keep you moving forward. Yeah. Right. With this auto suggestion, you have to say the same things over and over again. You have to believe them. Okay. We're going back in that faith thing. So auto suggestion, have your affirmations, have faith in them. Believe they are true. I had a coach tell me that your affirmation is only powerful if you believe it's true. Mm, absolutely. So like, why would you just lie to yourself? Right. Yeah. You can't make it up. Right. But I have a feeling if you've gotten this far, you believe that you can hit something. If exactly. You've, if you've gotten to a point where you're like, well, oh, I want to read, I want to listen to this podcast about thinking for a rich because yep. I always wanted to read that book. You already have some desire. Correct. You know, identified. Right. You exactly. You already have some type of faith. You're willing to listen. Right. So, so why not believe in yourself to do it and create an affirmation of I'm going to write $50 million in the next 12 months. There you go. Okay. Um, that I think was, was a fun chapter to read for me. It was good. Cause yeah. I believe in affirmations. Me too. And yeah. I, you know what? I never used them before. I didn't really? think that they were okay. Well, I low-key thought they were corny, right? You know, um, but well, Saturday past, Night Live doesn't help with that. In the past year, though, I I, I love them. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely do. Like, and they don't myself, have to be good for me, right? And they don't have to be corny. They don't have to be. I'm popular and everyone loves me. No, and it doesn't have to be like okay, I will be successful. Um, I will close this many deals for the year. Sometimes my affirmation in the morning is, I will be positive today all day and try and right. stay in a good mood. I will do this today. It could be short-term or long-term. Right. Either. Exactly. I would say if you're trying to do that long-term, they'll always like mix it, mix it in. Like have your set. The, the importance is the consistency. Right. But you're you right. Have you have to, to saying, reward yourself. Right. You have to say if, if your long-term goal is I'm going to write $15 million in one in 12 months or whatever it is, or in 24 months, that always has to be there. And then add Add the additional short-term stuff. The short-term stuff that's going to build on top of exactly. you $15 million. Exactly. You know? I'm going to um, talk to five new people today right? Um, because that's going to help you get to that $15 million. Exactly. So, exactly. I'm going to have it. good conversations. Absolutely. There you I'm go. going to... I'm going to stay focused today. I'm going to work my plan today. Whatever that is, that, that will auto-suggest in your subconscious, whatever you want to do. It will auto-suggest in your subconscious and make a move forward into the right direction so you get to your desire. Perfectly said. Thank you. You know, a lot of people, you know, they look at what I do. I'm a loan officer and, you know, I'm asked, you know, oh, lots of, you need lots of education for that. No, 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 (laughs) no, you don't. Um, And it's funny because you, you really don't, you need to be, you need to be driven you need to have grit. You need to be able to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to have uh, the ability to kind of self-learn. And be resourceful. Right. And know, like if you don't know something, at least know where to get it. Exactly. Point somebody in the right direction. Right. Something. And unfortunately, our school systems are just starting to teach those basic skills for our kids, especially like public school. Now, the author talks about some archaic schooling. <laughs> what in did the he 30s? Call it? In the 30s. What was it called? 
I forget. I forget too. I forget what it was called. I forget what the what the actual name of of the types of schools he was referring to on. But basically, it's like the equivalent of private school. But I don't even think private school in this in this era focuses a lot on the self discovery of students on how do you become more independent, you know, life skills and. Okay. We're teaching you this in public school, but they don't teach you how to apply it in real life and like reach a goal, make yeah. a career and, you know, acquire what you want to acquire. Right. Like it's really funny. I didn't really need to know how to create the answer. I needed to know how to reverse engineer it. So I get the answer. Mm. And like, they looked at me like a math whiz. You needed to know the steps. Right. How to get right. there. And I knew the steps. Yep. And I used process of elimination, which is logic. Yep. And I'm like, wow, back in the day when I was in high school, like this would have like made me sweat. You couldn't critical think like that. Right. Then, exactly. Though. Exactly. Yes. So the critical thinking in schools really needs to, you know, step up a notch, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's just my personal opinion, but I think it's the author's opinion as well. Yeah. Schools don't teach people how to be people. And you know what's crazy though? Mm-hmm. It's the author's opinion in 1937. Yes. That is still your opinion in 2023. That's something wrong with that. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, like, as ju- much as we have progressed, <laughs> um, a lot it's, of this stuff is still the same. Right. It's still a problem. That's so they, crazy. They teach these basic things of reading, writing, which are so important. Like, don't get me wrong. Right, right, right. Yeah. You need to know how to add, subtract because you need to know how to calculate your millions. Right. I know that's right. You know? But like the author says, like there's so many successful men, because he really only refers to men True. in the book. First to Henry Ford and talks about how he had like little to no schooling and that didn't stop him. Yep. You know, so he is not the smartest person book smart. Right. He didn't, he, he doesn't have the specialized knowledge. He doesn't have a general knowledge, but he knew where to get knowledge. He exactly. knew how to put people in place to get to where he wanted to be. Right. He and knew so his that, pitfalls. He's smart as a whip. Right. And those, that's what we need to teach, teach our kids that it's okay not to be perfect. Right. And, and now I'm telling you this, the listener. It's okay that you are not perfect. It's okay if you're an underwriter that you don't know every single guideline. If you're a loan officer and you don't know every guideline, that is okay. You need to know how to get the answer though. You need to be surround yourself with people who do know the answer. Exactly. Exactly. And don't be afraid to say it because I'll tell a client real quick, if they ask something like, you know what, I am not sure, but I will get back to you. Yep. And then I'm on the phone quick. Yeah. And I'm finding out. Right. Exactly. Just use your resources. Right. There you go. The resourceful person is better than the intelligent person. Mm. Right. Yeah. Well, if you look at every successful person, it's because they're resourceful. They're resourceful. I mean. They're not necessarily smart, like intelligent wise, but you don't like it, but it still may be true. That is true. That is true. (laughs) Moving on. So so we've gone through desire and faith. Yep. And subconscious and auto auto suggestion that art that art form to create your subconscious to move forward, and and we we've we've crushed the idea that you have to be a genius to make millions. You don't. You just have to be resourceful. Right now, something very close to me. <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about imagination. 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 Um. <laughs> Let me just say it's this. It's me. The, the imagination, it talks about synthetic imagination mm-hmm. and creative imagination. And we are both the opposite. I feel like, <laughs> okay. I feel like I'm the synthetic, okay? Because they talk about that is taking old experiences and trying to make them new and change them up. But you, creative imagination, Aww. always going. It's like 
you are on a high. And once your brain, once your imagination is stimulated enough, you just have light bulb after light bulb after light bulb. And all of these ideas just come flooding out. It's intense. It, it's, it, it's intense I've to be I've literally witnessed it before. So it is. <laughs> and I'll be like, I'm like, oh, where's my pencil? Let me, let me write this down. And there's importance to both types of imagination. And the author goes into t- teaching you that both are very important in being successful. Because you need to be able to know when to use an old idea and yep. make it your own. Yep. Very important. Because why rewrite the wheel? Right. You make the wheel. Yeah. If it ain't, if it ain't broke, broke, don't, don't fix, fix it. it. Yep. (laughs) But then getting into that state of euphoria where you can do the creative imagination, I think everyone has in them. Yeah. Like being around somebody like you gets me into that creative imagination part. Like I feed off of that. You know what I mean? It's my brainwaves. I I feed off of that. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, all of us can do it. I can do it too. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know. That's why this book is so awesome, right? So, so this is actually gearing into why it's important to be around other people who are opposite of you. Right. And, and what we just talked about in the education, know your pitfalls, know, know the holes that are missing in you so you can fill them with smarter people yes. that fill those holes. Yep. Know your strengths and your weaknesses right. because just because it's your weakness doesn't mean it's a pitfall for your business. Correct. Right. You just need to know you have to outsource that so that it gets done correctly. Right. And, if you are like me, where like I get really intense with my ideas, like super intense, like yes. I'll have an idea like already like outlined, written, done, forty five minutes, and you were like, I just wanted to have call coffee. somebody, <laughs> right? Like I've actually yes. lost business oh my with different realtors because like I, I used to back in the day we'd go in these meetings and I'd be like, and we're gonna do this marketing, we're gonna do videos, and we're gonna do this, and you're gonna do social media and blah blah, blah. and like it was a little too intense for them. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Way too intense. <laughs> um, so I've learned how to kind of control it. Yeah. But once it, but you've experienced when I get really like I can't. But when you're in in that good mojo, yeah. I mean, that's when we don't want it controlled. We want it unleashed right. so we can pick up everything and then we'll sort out what's that's why I need you. And what's not. Right. That's you know? why I need you to be able to really sort it all. And, yes. Right. So help you sort it out. Like, you know what? This is a great idea. And then some stuff, okay, it sounds great, but is that realistic or Correct. whatever? But right. yes. So yeah. You definitely need two, both of those to um, navigate and bounce ideas off of each other. Right. That's a great, good. And I think it's important not to be afraid of your, of your imagination. So a lot of times, so I, I manage a lot of people before and a lot of loan officers and they would have phenomenal ideas on how to get business. And again, <laughs> so Paula's in her Paula mode and she's like, oh, that's a great idea. And then you do this and then you do that. And I have this whole marketing campaign, de- you know, derived and it paralyzes them because they're too scared because they don't have the belief or the faith to hit the desire. They don't see the bigger picture. I've seen that often where we... And I've done it personally too, where we came up with this great idea and you love it, mm-hmm. but then you don't have as much faith in yourself as you need to, mm-hmm. to make it come to fruition. So it doesn't, it just flutters off. So as far as that, I, maybe you being so powerful in it and, and, you know, really spitting out these mm-hmm. ideas, it's probably just, it's really intimidating. Yes. It can be intimidating to people as like, I feed off of it. And it may, may even be sometimes intimidating to me, but it makes me want to do better. That's right. the thing, though. And that's, 
That's the difference. Use it as it, it's not paralyzing. You right. Know. It's more motivating. That was actually, you're so good at this <laughs> because that was actually my point is that you have to be open and you can't let, you can't let that be discouraging. Right. You can't let someone else who fills a hole in your mastermind, like yep. who fills your, you can't let someone else be intimidating. Correct. You have to look at that person as someone who's helping you like you do, like, yep. oh, and use that as motivation. It's motivating. Not, not a self-deprecating, oh, I can't be like that right. person. Right, and it's overwhelming fear. Like right. when you said, oh, right. Natasha, let's do a podcast. I was like, I was like, yes, <laughs> feeding off of your energy. Right. And inside I was like, <laughs> what did I say yes to? And, and then I'm like, here. all right, well, I ain't going back down now, you know. <laughs> all right. But um, no I, take backsies. I, it's still nerve wracking in this moment, but it's like, I'm, you know, you need people like that to bring you out of your box. Right, Seriously. exactly. If you're going to make anybody ever has a problem with the way you are working under you, that sounds like a them problem. Oh, hundred percent. That sounds like a them problem. Don't ever, you know, um, small yourself or turn your, your own ideas down because somebody else feels intimidated. That's pretty much a them problem. Oh, a hundred percent. But when you're trying to help somebody and they don't say it, it is kind of. It sucks. Yeah. It can be the go-giver type of person. Like, uh, you know, the manager. So. Right. Right. It's just like in real estate. When you have an idea on how to get a listing, you have to have that creative ability to 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 motivate yourself to continue with it. You gotta continue with it. Right. Yep. You have to still be creative. You can you can use old plans and ideas. You can still door knock. Yep. But then you can also do things that are brand new that no one's ever tried before. Yep. Uh, social media marketing, mm-hmm. different things. Right. Don't let you, don't limit your imagination. What I took from this was don't limit your imagination, understand the difference and surround yourself with other imaginative people. Yes. Because whether you're creative or what's the other one? Synthetic. They're both important. Yes. They're definitely both important. And they're going to, they're going to balance you out. Right. Exactly. And try to figure out, find out when you feel the most creative. That's true. Because that's something I had to figure out. I am way more creative early in the morning with no one else around, nice and quiet. I'm in a zone. I haven't made a thousand decisions yet, so my brain still works. That is the best time. Or if you're one-on-one with someone. Correct. Now, someone else may be more creative in the afternoon or whatever. Find your time and write stuff down. Yeah. Journal. Yeah. Just take notes. Like I open up, you know, a note in my phone quick for anything. Right. Oh, I thought of this right now. Take a note. You know, you had a light bulb moment. Take a note. Correct. Those light bulb moments, you can train yourself to have more of. So you can because So it's not an all or nothing. Well, if you put yourself in your ideal situation, like you Mm -hmm. said, in the morning, before you have your, uh, you're tired of making Mm -hmm. all these decisions, you'll you'll be fresh. Exactly. You will have more light bulb moments. Right. I firmly believe everyone can be uh, both a synthetic and a creative, imaginative person. Yes. Because I'm I'm working on my creative. I think you you have way more creative than you think you do. Uh, I digress. I've gotten some great (laughs) ideas from you. Here's where I struggle the most. Organized planning. That is so not true. I know, but very good with this. Thank you. (laughs) It's been a long road coming. Organized planning, I think, is is the next step because you have to understand what exactly you're doing at any given moment. Yep. 
So organized planning, they, they, they want you to start, they, they keep referring back to chapter two. So if you, anybody ends up getting this book, always refer you back to chapter two. probably already have it. Right. And it's just sitting, you haven't read it. So open it, refer to chapter two. And because the first step in organized planning is that formation of a definite practical plan. So you're going to form your plan. You're going to write it out so that you see it. You're going to know your absolute desire, your time frame, exactly what you want. Then they go into talking about a mastermind alliance, mm-hmm. the steps it goes into for that. It It's more about finding out like, okay, this is my goal. This is my belief. How am I going to, this is where you kind of go into implementing. Yes. And I want to, I want to read one quote from the book, which I loved. Okay. So this is under a, a subchapter. It's the capital value of your services. And we were talked about earlier about not about valuing yourself. The day of the go-getter has passed. He has been supplanted by the go-giver. I'm not saying this guy traveled into time, into the future, but just using that term hit me hard. The go-getter. The go-giver mm-hmm. versus the go-getter, mm-hmm. okay? Because I see this trend now of people, that you, ha- you have two people in, in two camps, right? So you have the cam- one camp of, I work all the time, literally, look at me. And they look at it as like a badge of honor, like, ha, ha, ha. Right. I work eight days a week. I can't tell you how many times I've seen it, no offense to agents, because loan officers do it too. Oh, look at me, Friday night, you know, mm-hmm. doing pre-approvals. That's wonderful. If I looked at your numbers, though, you do nothing. You Ooh. write no business. Yeah. If you, So, yeah. like, how, what's that getting you? What's it? How is how's that translating? Right. Yeah. I don't know anyone who's impressed with someone who's gonna like. Yes, you have to you have to get the business, but you're not gonna get the business by proving to everyone that you are overworked and stressed, stressed out, you look worn down. Right. You know, you're just not rested. So Correct. that doesn't give you a good brain. You know what I mean? Right. When I'm sleep deprived, I'm just. I'm just not a good thinker. Exactly. Yeah. So so I feel that what the author's writing about in this one is, you know, those days of being this hardcore go-getter type salesperson, that's done. Like no one's impressed by that. No one no one cares. I, I like that. Like you said, yeah. it's not a badge of honor anymore. Right. So when I read this book, I didn't I didn't read it like that at all until we talked about this. Mm-hmm. But I do get it. You know, you can be a you can be a hard worker, but I think it's definitely about setting those boundaries. Like I, you know, new in the business, I've been in real estate for two years. So of course, anybody new in the business knows you want all business. You feel like you want all business. Yep. You want to work with everybody. I work 24 hours a day, eight days a week, period. Call me anytime. So yes, maybe last year I would have said that, but this year as much I still want business. Right. But I'm setting boundaries because it's for my own good. Right. Well, think anymore. about and think about your desire. Part of your desire is going to is and, and part of your organized planning, right? Is planning who do I want to work with? Yep. What is my business? What what are the people that I want to help? Your desire, your goal. Your goal is based on that. Yep. Are you going to be desperate and willing to to drop your entire life for Every something? Every time somebody wants you to jump, correct? Yeah. You can't. That's impossible. Yeah, and if you do, you're going to pay for it. Exactly. That's There's a cost saying. to it. Yes. There's a cost to it. Now we're going to talk about fear, and and when we talk about fear, part of that fear is desperation. Yeah. Right. You look so de- like I'm just 
I'm, this is just my opinion. All right, I'm going to put that out there. But you look so desperate when you rush to the phone. Hi, hi well, sorry, loan officers. Hi, realtor. Hi, yes, I know it's Saturday <laughs> at, at, at 8 p.m. And I can absolutely get that pre-approval for your client because your other loan officer doesn't answer the phone. Ha, ha, ha. Look at me. Okay, great. Help that client. Yeah. But have some dignity. Yeah. Let me and, – and ask a question. I'm happy to do this for you. It's eight o'clock at night on a Saturday. Does it need to be done right now? When is the last and final? Right. But here's the most important thing. And this is this also goes true for realtors, mm -hmm. right? When you have a client, I want to go to this house now. Great. Are you going to be committed to using me for the, if you get this offer accepted, are you going to be committed to using me for the, for the mortgage? Are you commit if you, if you want to put an offer, are you going to be committed to using me as your real estate agent? Okay. Right, but that gives you Own more incentive. Yourself. Like, do I need to do this now or not? Right, and and you're you're setting yourself up higher there on that go. bar for that client because you answered the phone on the weekend, where you answered your phone, and they want to go out that day to see a house. Okay, mm -hmm. well, hold. I'm not desperate for your business. Desperate. Think about when you're dating. You don't want to come off desperate. No, at all. No. You're right. Right. There has to be like a little bit of chase. Right. A little bit of, I mean, it, it, there has to be something that um, leaves them wanting more. Exactly. I'm you not know. saying don't do the business. Yeah. But I'm saying when you do it, you have to present yourself as if you don't need the business. Yes. And I think that's the difference between being a go-giver and go-getter. I think that's the difference between working yourself ragged and doing things that get you to your desired results because you want to do them. Correct. You know, there's that big difference because you have to have that added respect of, okay, yes, I will do this. I I need some sort of guarantee from you that this is going like to work that. out for me. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And you, it's okay to ask them that, I think. Absolutely. 100%. They're asking you to um, stop your Saturday night exactly. plans and get on their work right now. And you can counter ask, like, okay, well. I will never forget. I was at my nephew's birthday party. And I had a, an agent call me who I haven't talked to in a while. And the exact scenario, loan officer can't get on the phone. They need to put in an offer. They were already pre-approved, but we got you. And the uh, the clients were all willing to help and willing to to do that. But I, there was something about it that rubbed me the wrong way, but I didn't listen to my gut. Mm -hmm. And I took time away from my nephew, from my family. Followed up. I was on a Saturday. Followed up with them on a Sunday, and turns around. I think they got the offer, but they was like, "Well, we're going to shop rates." Of course, but it's my fault. Honestly, that is my fault for not getting their commitment to use me if I did this. That's true. That's true. I mean, this this all speaks to also for me, <laughs> like setting boundaries. Yeah, because like, I'm I'm never not going to be. I'm, I'm never not going to have that go getter mentality. Because I don't know. That's how my parents raised me. Just hustlers. You know what I mean? Right. But also. Like, I don't have to be desperate at it, though. Right. That's, That's the, the difference. Thing. I don't have to be desperate. Right. I can set boundaries. Correct. I don't have to accept everybody as a client. I don't have to respond mm -hmm. to everybody after 8 o'clock at night. Right. You know, you can weigh your options. Like, is this an emergency? Is this deal falling apart on Saturday? Right. Do I have to address this now? If not, exactly. receive, and I'll follow up on Monday. Exactly. You know? Someone else's emergency doesn't have to be your emergency. Oh, you have taught me so much about, like, <laughs> organizing and planning, like, Side note, procrastinate on purpose. Oh, that's coming was up. Was a great one. All right. But, okay. <laughs> Don't worry. They won't read it. <laughs> so we'll be back for that. All right. <laughs> but no, you're absolutely right. And and 
and I think that's what this chapter really kind of honed in on in the organized planning is, is know who you want. Now, also in the book, in this chapter, it talks about the 30 major causes of failure. And I love this because I think these are the 30 biggest excuses we tell ourselves as to why we can't do that, something. That's, that's code for excuses, basically. Right. That's what those are, excuses right. for and failure. If, and if you're making an excuse, you're failing. Yep. That's how you fail. Ooh, that's deep. <laughs> I mean, the number one, unfavor- unfavorable hereditary background. You are not your parents. You are part of your parents. But you are not your parent. You're not your grandparents. You're not. It doesn't matter if you were born poor. Right. Look at Henry Ford. Exactly. You can still want more for yourself. You don't have to stay where they were. Right. Lack of well-defined purpose in life. Well, that's why we want you to create the desire. That's why we want you to have faith in yourself. Okay. If you're walking around with no clear purpose on what, why you're here and what you want to do with your life on, on the short time that we are here. Yeah, right. Like that, yeah, that you're, you're not, you don't have goals. Yeah. It's like, you don't have you, goals. What are you doing in life then? If you have like no purpose. Well, that was so judgy. Uh, I feel like we were a little judgy on that one. I, oh, I'm sorry. Do you think, sorry, oh, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Lack of ambition to aim above mediocrity. I love that one. And that's what we were just talking about, right? Like, like I, I've had loan officers and again, it's, it's like they come up with these ideas, they want to do these ideas, but then I give them the solution. It's hard. I'm just going to do it this way. I'm just going to stay stagnant and we're not going to go and be better. That is one thing that irritates me. You have to want to be better. You're never going to be better if you don't want to. Right. So their desire is not there. Right. They're, they don't have the faith and they're fearful. Right. I mean. So much fear. And we're going to talk. Fear is probably the best chapter. That's why it's last. They definitely saved the best for last yes. in this one. Yeah. Um. What do we got? We also. So lack of, of ambition to aim above mediocrity. I would uh, write that one down. And that should be like your number one aim is to not do that. That was there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Definitely. Insufficient education. We already talked about this. That's hogwash. Yeah. Hogwash. That's a weak excuse because, you know, you can Google, YouTube, anything. So if you don't know something, look it up. Right. I mean, it's more important that you know how to find the answer than you know the answer. There you go. Lack of self-discipline. You that is something that you're going to have to work on. But it's I an mean, excuse. You and the rest of the world. Yeah. So it is an excuse. But that's the thing with these excuses. Mm-hmm. If you can acknowledge it, okay, you've acknowledged it. Now change right. it. Exactly. Ill health. Yeah. Just ill health is not an excuse. Like, oh, I can't lose weight because I can't exercise because my knee hurts. Yes, I have used that excuse. <laughs> Um, now, if you're but on your deathbed, it's right. a different story. I think that's but a little if we're different. just saying, well, like, oh, I got a well, <laughs> I don't know, because apparently, according to okay, this is some things that I will pick on with it with the with the author. According to the oh, author, God. according to the author, illness is just all in our heads. <sighs> all right, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll touch on that. Yeah, that's pretty deep. He there. said that. Yes, I mean, because later on in one of those chapters, he even says that physicians he say seventy five percent of the world. 
hypochondriacs. Yeah, that was in 1937. Like, so now up. it's probably not 5%. Hold on. No, no. I see. I disagree with that. I did disagree with that one a little bit because- like, That's a lot of people. Are you kidding? That's a lot of people. And they also didn't really- They didn't know as much. They didn't though. know a lot of more. This is true. This is true. So that was in 1937. Yeah, oh. I don't think a lot of people are- I, I, <laughs> I think they lack of people- believing in them um but ill health it's that he says no person may enjoy outstanding success without good health which i do think is true many of the causes of ill health are subject to mastery and control okay this is kind of true and these in the main are in the main okay again 1937 overeating of foods not conducive to help guilty Wrong habits of thought giving expression to negatives. Guilty. 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 And just be careful about that because you don't want to like ignore a right a pain in your right side. Right. That, that's that's, that's bad. Exactly. Uh wrong use of an overindulgence in sex. Agreed. Okay. I don't think that's healthy. Is it unhealthy? It's wrong use of, yes. Well, wrong use of. Okay. I don't think you'd have an overindulgence, but whatever. All right. But, uh, actually, you can. With the, the we'll go into with that. With the wrong people. With Fun. The wrong person. Right. Exactly. Okay, right. 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 Okay. Lack of proper physical exercise. Yep. Guilty. Sure. And inadequate supply of fresh air, due to improper, due to improper breathing. Okay. Well, look, ill health. Again, just breathe better. Right. <laughs> just breathe better. <laughs> breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth, <laughs> outside with fresh air. And everything will be okay. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> All right. Let's move on from ill health. Unfavorable environmental influences during childhood. All right. So like. That, that's like. That's like the number one. Almost. Exactly. Like, okay. If you were brought up in poverty and this and that. I'm just going to say it. Stop blaming your mom. Yes. Because you know what? Maybe your parents did the best that they could do. That would exactly. mean you can do better. Exactly. Okay. Moving on. Yep. Procrastination. Well, Ugh. we will talk about that on a Guilty. later episode. Like a whole chapter for that. Yeah. Procrastination is, yeah, it's a deal, deal, deal killer. It's just an, it's, it's yes. For it will any, lead to failure. anybody, yeah. Lack of persistence, negative personality we've touched upon. I just love this so much though, because positive attitude really does build wealth. Neg- and I'm going to say this, being negative is not being a realist. We're, I, I got to get that out. Okay. You some are people not. Will be like, oh, I'm just, be like, being oh, I'm just being a realist. Yep, no, yep. you're not. You don't have to be negative necessarily. Correct. But you I'm, can be um, subjective, and you can see multiple points of view. That's not being negative. That's just being. But you know, seeing both points of view is is great. But you don't have to rain on someone's parade. Right. You know, you don't have to think well. The negative person, the negative person who's just being a realist is, well, I'll never make millions because my parents weren't rich. I'll never make millions because of the way I was raised and my educational value and I'm too old or I'm too this or I'm too that. Yeah, that's just negative. Like, please. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, that we all know that person where nothing, nothing is ever good. You could have their favorite anything in front of them and they'll say, Oh, the fork isn't clean or no, I'm sorry. No one would eat off a dirty fork, but they'll say something like, Oh, the cherry's off a little bit from the, from the cake Ugh. or, Oh, I wish it was a Tuesday instead of a Thursday. Yeah. But see people Ugh. like that are just Ugh. never going to be satisfied. That's, that's why they fail at right. life. They're never going to be satisfied. And right. if they're going to continue to stay closed minded, 
you might believe them in that closed mindedness. But we all know that person. Yes. Why do we still all know these people? Because they're probably family. Oh, I have opinions on that. Oh, that wasn't nice. Okay. No, but fam- fam- family, in my, so going back to what we talked about, like cutting people, basically cutting people out. Yeah. That negative. Yeah. No, it, you're gone. It can be family. It has to sometimes. It has to be family. It has It could be, it could, I mean, I hate to say it, it could be like a spouse. It could be someone really close to you. That it could you, be a parent even. Yeah. That you have to cut off yeah, because if yeah. they don't, if they're not going to attribute to your, to your subcut to, to helping you stay positive, they are going to contribute to being negative. You know, what my husband says all the time, he refers to the kids around the house. Like mm-hmm. if you're not a part of the solution, you're a part of the problem. Exactly. You know? So if they're not, at least they, they don't have to 100% believe in you, but they can't be beating you down. Right. Exactly. That's the thing. Right. If they got something negative to say, but they can keep it to themselves. Then fine. They're doing you a service. But see, they're that. not. And, but even that person, no, see, I disagree with that. I disagree with that because the negative presence, their their subconscious, their little minor. Mm-hmm. You're let's, right. Let's in talk. Let's be making faces. Right. Be, you know, let's talk about microaggressions. Can we? Yes. Like, let's Ugh. let's bring that out. And like, so there are people who are not know. blatantly racist, but their microaggressions are extremely out there, and they don't even know they're doing them. Correct, because their brain is negative; they think negatively about it. Oh wow! Okay, that is just a whole saying. separate book. Just saying. Okay, yes. <laughs> just saying. Keep the negative people away yes. from me. You're right. You're right. <laughs> then we go to lack of control to sexual urge. Uh, Some of these are repeatable. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess uncontrolled yes, desire. That's negative because that's weird. This is another one that I like. Uncontrolled desire for something for nothing. So it's the gambling instinct drives millions of people to failure. And like, you know, the the get rich quick thinkers, you know. So so wait a minute, that's a bad thing? Yeah. Millions of people have lost millions of dollars. Yeah. Gambling, stock market. Just get rich quick scheme. There is you can no. Yeah, no. Nope. This is not you a quick. Put, this is not a quick solution. No, this is and, this and is this business, There is you. no quick solution. Nope. Lack of well-defined power of decision. These are wishy-washy people. Can't make a decision. Yeah. Go at some point. You have to go for it. Yeah. One or more of the six basic fears. Ooh, which we're going to talk about later. Wrong selection of a mate in marriage. Mm. Over caution. Again, that goes into the fear thing. Mm-hmm. Wrong selection of associates in business. I think like they could have just summed it up with just saying like picking the wrong people in your sphere in your life, right? Yeah, in Period. your in yeah. your sphere. Yep. Superstition and prejudice. Ugh. Again, like to point out that this is 1937. Now, again, I highly doubt that the prejudice that they were talking about really like referred to like racism. So. Right, right, right. But but <laughs> but we can relate. Men to who that succeed though. keep open minds and are afraid of nothing. Superstition is a form of fear. It is also a sign of ignorance. I like that. Wrong selection of of a vocation. Lack of concentration of effort. The habit of indiscriminate spending. That's you spend too much. Lack of enthusiasm. Ha! For all you people who think I'm too enthusiastic. (laughs) I'm just overcompensating. (laughs) Intolerance. Intemperance. Inability to cooperate with others, possession of power that was not acquired through self-effort. Ooh, I like this one. 
Possession of power that was not acquired through self-effort. So, yes. So that's like the sons and daughters of wealthy people. I was just going to say. So that's if you are just raised with a silver spoon. Mm-hmm. You have that entitled you know, attitude. Yep. You don't have a hard work ethic about you because things are just given to you. Right. You don't know how to create your so desire. You lose everything. You, you wouldn't know to, how to get it back. Exactly. Mm. Because you weren't taught how to get the desire, how to have faith yep. and how to work hard. I like that one too. So if you are though, when, when you do get your, your wealth and your riches from, from this podcast <laughs> um, and you have kids, make sure you instill in them I would I would make them read this. My kids are definitely going to be reading this book okay. before they graduate high school. Yeah, they're reading this book. Um, it'll be hard for them, and I'm sure they'll blush a few times. Right, but they're I'm going to have them at least this. do my kids that do the audio book. Like just yeah. at least do the audio book. I'll give them a little incentive even. You yeah, know what I mean, like who wants who needs a DoorDash or a something or other something, little right. incentive? Read it because you're going right. to get a lot out of it. Exactly yeah. because what we're doing is then training our kids to to be better. Yes. Right to to continue this path of of thinking better and being better, and I don't think that happens a lot when go oh I you know we want our kids to grow up with the things we never had yeah. but then we we forget to teach them Ugh, the how things that we did have correct oh, right yes. we forget to teach them how to appreciate different things that is so this generation all right yes. yeah things every generation yeah but it's how things have changed like okay when i was growing up i didn't ask for a ride there was no uber no lyft we no. walked and rode bikes on the other hand oh my gosh our kids are not catching the bus anywhere they don't mm. ride bikes you know it's, it's well because we're so. also scared of them riding bike spaces right well oh, everything has just changed that is true yes that's all the conversation <laughs> intentional dishonesty I liked how they put that intentional dishonesty because I think sometimes you can be dishonest but not realize you were you were being dishonest. Okay. Yeah, like some, yeah. Like if you think like, oh, this is fine, and then some, like you can't predict how someone's gonna be offended by oh, something. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. But intentional dishonest, like you're like trying a straight up lie. Is just yeah. a straight up lie. Right. Yeah. Or or trying to fudge numbers or yeah, listing a house for clearly well under market value. Just to drive, Just to drive all those business. offers. And, yep. Yep. Okay. Egotism and vanity. Guessing instead of thinking. Oh, how brilliant. Yeah. Guessing instead of thinking. So I mentioned earlier, I'm a jump in before I look, but I don't guess. I, I definitely am someone who think, I think quick. Think you'll agree to that. And then you take action. And then I take action. Okay. I make the decision. But yeah. I don't guess. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I don't like that. And and that I actually learned from being a loan officer. Okay. Right? Because you can't guess. I can't, well, I guess it'll all work out. You know, I mean, I've I've made make money sure those doing numbers that. are working out. Ain't no guessing. I made a lot of money doing that and taking a lot of risks that most loan officers would not have done. However, I've changed how I do things a little bit because I have to know the income's going to work. Yeah. Right. I have to know these things. And that's why I go out to the resources. See, when you first begin something, you don't know the resources. Once you find that they are, though, you don't have to guess anymore. You can just go. But I, I think this goes even deeper, right? Like, even reading this book or or even listening to this podcast shows that you're you want to think a little bit different. Right. And I think open-minded, right. Open-minded. And you know, the world is, 
the world is filled with people who don't want to think anymore, I think. Yeah. I mean, look at, because we want everything to think for us. Right. Like with AI and everything. Absolutely. Like, yeah. That's, that's where but we're like, headed. Even deeper than that, like think about conversations you've had with coworkers or friends and think how vapid they are. And surface level. Yeah, that's true. When was the last time you had a deep, deep thought, except for with me talking about this book? Yes. Deep thought, like deep thinking with your with your spouse or, like or with your friends. friends. per se. You know? Right. You're right. Yeah. Right. Very rare. Anyway, hmm. food for thought. Lack of capital. And I don't know the third. Oh, that's that's the 30th. The 30 is lack of capital. Okay. Lack of having money is not, it, it, you can't use that excuse right. to not make money. Okay. Because where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. You know, and they use the term, it takes money to make money, eh. but it also, okay. But what if you don't have the money, but you know where to get it? You right. Know, you know who to talk to, who can invest, help you invest in exactly. something like you might just be the connector in that situation, just getting the job done. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And when, if you're looking at being a realtor, and I know certain things for th- for real estate cost money, like your advertising and things like that. But there's oh tons God. of free Overhead advertising. Can be expensive, but there are ways to to make things cheap. For Let's yourself. look at Facebook. Let's just point that out, right? Yep. If you're saying I don't have money to market myself, that's again, I'm going to use the word hogwash. 1937 book <laughs> hogwash because Facebook is free. Facebook is free. Even if you don't use paid ads, you can take it to the oh my next gosh. and use paid ads. But without even paid ads, if you put a reel up, you know how many people will Absolutely. see it? You don't even need to do reels. You could do – I mean, there's worlds of knowledge. You don't need a specialist to teach you what to do. Just post stuff. Yeah, exactly. Just, Just post, post stuff. Useful information for people. You know, you post information. Uh, see, I would even disagree with that. I would say just post stuff. People, well, that's uh, true, first, some people you don't, don't even have, need useful information. Right. They just are on there. If they're, you, they're just consumers. If you don't have enough money to get a coach or, mar- or a marketing director or have someone teach you about how social media works or the algorithms or anything like that, one, find a mastermind and find someone who does, who's willing to teach you for free or for, or for compensation in other ways. Right. Okay. Or two, just post stuff. Just post stuff. You and create you're absolutely and, and a right. hashtag hashtag realtor. You're, you're absolutely right because that's how I started. You know, before real estate, I was mm-hmm. never on social media. Only like a few times a year. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, really, and Happy Birthday to me. Yes, literally, I had never done a story before real estate. And you're so good at never. it now. Never. Can you believe that? And now look at me on a podcast. Okay, on a podcast. I know, but Beautiful. um, you're right. It was just I didn't. I, I looked at other people's pages and then I was just like, okay, let me just start posting stuff. Right. And that's it. Just started posting it. Right. That took the fear out of it in itself. Like, okay, boom, share. It's done. Yeah. All right. Not so bad. Everybody doesn't hate it. Who really right. cares what everybody thinks? And you'll start to get business. Yep. Is it harder? Yes. We're not saying it's easy. <laughs> Yes, when you don't have capital at first, making a lot of money or getting business is harder. Yes. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Yes. Doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Do it so you can start getting some business, so you can start getting that capital. And maybe, just maybe, put some money away when you do get it 
so that you can start saving for a marketing budget. Exactly. Which this this is how my brain works. Yes. My creative imagination well, works. Well, you know, actually, my broker- Because seeing it in, in action. My broker told me this, shout out to Rita O'Brien, two years ago when I started. Like every time mm-hmm. you get a commission, put away a certain amount for marketing right. for that commission. You know, so you can market Correct. that area or whatever you're going to do or market your next or for your professional photos or whatever. Right. But you have to- once you start making that money, you got to put money away and then keep investing in yourself. Exactly. And in your in, in your education, yep. in in learning how to do things, in in marketing and signage, whatever. So you don't stop the free stuff. And when you Absolutely get the not. money, and when you get the money, you start mark you start doing those marketing things. And then the third piece of that is going to be if you can't afford it, find someone who's willing to sponsor you. All right. So so those are those. What was that? How is organized excuses. right? So now right. we're going to masterminding. So masterminding, mastermind. What is a mastermind? So a mastermind is when you're going to take your group of peoples and you're going to meet and you guys are literally just going to do it. You're going to meet and talk and grow your business through conversations. Yep. Okay. You cannot win in this business in sales if you are a lone star. Absolutely cannot. It's not going to work. Yeah. Even though, you know, I am a technically a solo agent, my team, you know, just know mm-hmm. I have a team. Right. You know, there's still a team that gets yeah. everything done. Well, there's not one. If you look at all the top producing real estate agents, and I'm not talking about the ones that have teams, I'm talking about the real estate agents who have who who are individuals. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's just look at those. Um they have meetings and their friendships and they go out with guess what? Other realtors. Yeah. Cuz they need to cuz you have to say with people around people that are like-minded. Right. People that are doing better than you, somebody that's yeah. going to um g- give you good advice. Right. Exactly. Now in the book I mean, he gets really, really deep in the book with the mastermind. Like this whole like mastermind idea is like several steps. Yes. So it's infinite intelligence. Um, those are the those are the four things. It's like one of the steps it, for finding a mastermind is you have to have some way of compensating each other. Right. Okay. So here's those those four. You're talking about like the okay. so, form the mastermind alliance and decide um, what compensation will be. Right. If any, right? Um, three, arrange regular meetings, like you said, mm-hmm. and maintain harmony in the group. Okay. No egos and everything. Everybody's got to get along. Right. So, okay. So the mastermind, everyone has to get along, develop some sort of compensation, no egos, leave your ego at the door, and meet often. Meet often. Right. That sounds like a networking group, if I'm not mistaken, Right. So, right. So if we, so again, going back to, you know, more modern times and in your practicalities, how many times have you poo-pooed a market, a a networking group and not gone there? Think about that. Yep. Think about the power. Yes. Did they cost money? The good ones do. Yes. Yeah. It sucks because again, you may be that, that loan officer or you may be that real, real estate agent who doesn't have a lot of capital at first. Yeah. I would put money into that before I put money into marketing. And the reason there's a lot of reasons. I, I would agree though. I would yeah, agree. There's too. a lot of reasons. Yeah. But again, it's, it's, and, and you're stay gonna get away. a better return from that than the marketing. Right. You're get a more, probably a more immediate return. 
Right. Because when I get in groups with people like that, even when I'm just with you, I get an immediate return of um, imagination, confidence, right. you know, just good positive vibes. Right. The author explains it like battery. And I thought this was a beautiful analogy. <laughs> If I may. Yes. So so you have a battery. A battery has X amount of power into it. But if you go back into your childhood and you think about the toys that you had that required more batteries, like four AA or bigger batteries, like 5D batteries that cost like $1,000, oh way more than the toy actually <laughs> cost, right? Your parents yelled at you like, oh, because we never had those batteries. If you go back and think about those, it's it's because the more batteries you have, the more power you have Correct. and the more brains that you have, your brain has power, right? Your brain is, is a, is a muscle and your brain emits electricity. Okay. So it's power and I hate this. The, the, okay. From the author's point of view, pointing this out, the brain emits brain waves. Okay. Again, author's point of view Jury's still out for me. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. Okay. Okay. Jury's still out for Natasha. <laughs> so, so the brain, so when you have more brains together and, and I think we just kind of proved it with your analogy of when you're around me, right? Yes. Like your energy changes, like your brain waves work a little bit differently. Yep. And I'm, that's I'm important. Like they're more stimulated. At the end right. of the day, there's power in numbers. Absolutely. However you want to describe it. Right. Um, you are more energized. So networking groups like BNI, your chamber of commerce, mm-hmm. um, Les Tip, um, any of those, any of those types of networking events groups, I think are important. And there's nothing wrong with building your own as well. Yeah. Again, you don't have capital, just you know, hey, I'm I'm getting some, you know, get some of the people that you admire most into a group together. Even if you guys just meet like quarterly, yeah. do a Zoom call, do some, you know, when you can. Yeah, I would say more can. than quarterly. I would definitely su- suggest at least once a month. For it to work. Yeah, I think. Uh, to, be, to be to be effective. Right. So yeah. you look at the core of BNI, and I only say that because I am a BNI member, go yes. BNI, um, <laughs> after many years of avoiding it. Ooh. Funny. You know, there is power in seeing, so once you see everyone every single week, you get attuned to who they are and what they are and what they what value you can give them. Okay, yeah. Right. And this is where becoming a go-giver comes into play. Mm-hmm. So when you're a go-giver, you're your focus is, okay, what can I give these people? And whatever networking event or a networking group that you're part of or mastermind group, whatever you want to call it, what can I offer the, what can I offer you? Right. Listen to what their struggles are. Listen to what they're trying to, to accomplish and try to fit someplace in them. Try to it could solve be, a problem. Right. Somewhere. It could be you just shouting them out on Facebook, right. getting them some brand recognition, whatever you can do to help your, that's the compensation piece of it, right? Yes. That could be the compensation piece. Right. And going into it with that go-giver mindset with, that we talked about will surely allow for that mastermind to work and, you know, be open in that mastermind, actually talk about your business and, and your goals and your desires and your fears and your faith and things like that to help each other overcome them. If you think about it, so mastermind, right? Like I'm sure a lot of you like think back to in in this era that the book was made, right? You almost immediately think of boardrooms or, or what do we say, like the smoking room with the brandy right, glasses right, and, right, the, yes. and the suits, right? Definitely 
old school, that library back office or whatever. Like Henry Floyd hung out with really successful people. Mm-hmm. They were comfortable. They were comfortable being around each other. Yeah. And a lot of the business dealings and a lot of their 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 most successful achievements came from being around each other. And just the things that they... Uh, that evolved in those groups. So you right. know, I totally agree then. Your mastermind group has to be more often for you guys to get that comfortable with each other. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? To, to have that comfortability. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, let your guard down and really just bounce ideas off each other and all that. And that's So that is going to be the mastermind alliance. And mastermind alliance, highly important. Highly yes. important. Almost as important as learning how to make decisions, which I feel like we've kind of talked about a little bit yeah. already. Um, but to drive the points home, right. To drive the points home on that, you know, you, you gotta be willing to actually make a decision. Yeah. Yep. I think when we were talking about this earlier, I was saying, you know, like you can't live in wishy-washy land too long. You're going to, it's, it's a cost of waiting really. You're going to miss the opportunity. The moment may pass. Right. Because some decisions may be time sensitive. Exactly. And you have to know the difference because you can also make a decision too fast. Mm, right. That's a good point too. Um, for my lenders out there, you could lock a loan too soon and then rates drop. Mm. Yeah. You can wait too long and miss that lock alert and not lock a loan. Um, cost of waiting for buying or selling your home. Um, I mean, it costs the waiting for, for selling right now. Say you, you know, you don't want to sell cause you can't find what you want to buy, you know, but if you did wait to sell, um, when the market is not hot, then, you know, it, it, you could get a lot less for your house. Yeah, for sure. So like timing of things are, are important to yeah. know when you're making a decision, but you can't have that fear to make a decision. Yeah. You got to be willing to. You got to be able to pull the trigger yeah. and make a decision. You know, I had a client I worked with for, for a year and a half, one of my first buyer clients. She's still looking. Wow. To this day, you know her because oh. she was pretty proof for you. I still have never even put in an offer with her. She can't even make a decision to put in an offer. Like, And I'm thinking at one point I was like, listen, the offer that we're talking about, I know is not going to get accepted. You're right. not even willing. You can't even make the decision to put the offer in. Right. Like you, you just have to make a decision. Right. You ain't even looking at the house. Just put the offer Wow. In. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. She's a looker. To... Yes. She's a looker, not a buyer. Yeah. So, you have to be able to make a decision. Yes. Yeah. And know the timing of, of that decision. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's important. And with decision making comes building habits. Building habits are important so that it helps you make a decision. You have to be in the right mindset. Yep. You have to know where you're supposed to be going for everything to fall into place and make a good habit work. The mystery of sex transmutation. <laughs> okay, we didn't get that excited, relax. I know, right? Okay, but this was uh, this was very interesting to read because remember 1937 i know i keep bringing it up and it is a very masculine book it is very important to know that this was written in 1937 by the way he talks so we're gonna give him a a pass because that's all he knew but you know what i give him credit for is that he's writing about sex in a book written in 1930s like that was taboo in itself right could you imagine you are so right so right yep 
which so, is why so many people probably didn't even read it back then because they were like, clench my pearls, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, yeah, uh, for sure, <laughs> for sure. So, there's kind of five different things that they, he goes over to show like what type of energy can be communicated to others. Okay. Through, through this. So, so basically he's not saying like, Hey, have sex all the time. Like just to repeat, it's not what he said. It's not what he said. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's basically saying how you can use that energy, like the importance of that energy and how it's, it's synonymous with creating joy and how it creates the dopamine in our heads and how it's, it, it can be used for, to help us get into different mindsets to be positive. Yeah. Right. To be confident, to, to, to give away our fears or to take away our fears, to, to make decisions and, and. And once we are feeling like that, like positive and confident, that energy is attractive to other people. Right. You know, exactly. That's you're attracting other people. Right. So he talks about the energy of highly sexed people. Okay. (laughs) And one of the first things you can notice is the handshake. The touch of the hand indicates instantly the presence of magnetism or the lack of it. How many times have you shook a hand and it's weak and limpy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, and then didn't they used to base that on something like back in the day, like you could tell How, a lot about a man by the firmness of his handshake or whatever, right? You know, and even today it show it shows a, a position of just I think more respect. Because I think when someone's all wimpy with their handshake, they don't respect me, they don't want to touch me, they don't like something's off and they don't feel connected with me. When you shake if I hand? Yeah, no, just anyone's hand oh, okay. who's yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's like well, I feel weak. like it just, you have to make your presence known with it. So it does have to be kind of like firm. I think it's a, yeah, it has to be firm. Yeah. has to be, and if if I may demonstrate, unfortunately, if you're listening to this, you're not going to be able to say it, but a good handshake to me, like you go in and in with the thumb, and then if you really want to really impress the person, put your other hand on top of theirs. Oh, wow. See, That's yeah. like, I really respect you. Hi, I'm so happy to see you. Pay attention. Right. That and you make would, eye contact. That would be the regular handshake. You right. Know? Absolutely. And you make eye contact yeah. with that person. It shows power. It shows confidence and it shows it's a welcoming gesture, I and think. And you know what? Confidence is power. Though. Yes. So, well, it is. Yeah. So, yeah, power. The tone of voice. Absolutely. The tone of voice, magnetism, or sex energy is the factor with which the voice may be colored or made musical and charming. Which <laughs> I like the way you read that. All right, thank you. It was very charming. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that's I think that's also true. I think someone's tone of voice is really important. Yeah. You know, some people you you talk to them and it's either not. inviting or it's not. You right. know, and some people it's are like, so easy to talk to. Maybe it, it's your tone. Absolutely. You know, I'm on the phone a lot with people I have never met. And sometimes just the tone or I guess mm-hmm. the mood of the, the way I'm speaking just connects with them and they're willing to talk. Right. And when you're in a good mood, you're going to have a better tone. Yep. You're going to be more willing and more patient. Whereas if you're in a bad mood, your tone's going to be rushed. It's going to be Maybe haggard. That's the reason why, because I've read this before, like mm-hmm. when you are on the phone, like smile while you're talking to right. people, you know? So I kind of do that now too. Right. And I'm sure you all can hear our voices change because now we're both smiling. Smiling. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the last two is the vibration of thought. Highly sexed people mix the emotion of sex with their thoughts and may do so at will. And in that, we may influence those around them. Okay. So part of the thing we didn't talk about yet 
is the brainwave thing is how you can kind of influence other people with your brainwaves. That's kind of what he's getting into the subconsciousness. And that's kind of what he's talking about now. Like highly sex people have a higher vibration in their brain. Again, this is the author's point of view. Correct. Higher vibration of brain waves that can uh, filter other people, filter to to other people. Wrong. Well, I don't think he's wrong. Right. I'm just saying. I think there's some science to that. I right. think, think it's very plausible. And I mean, let's just think about it in history. A lot of them happen to be really successful. Yeah. Yes. As well. Yes. Just saying. Um, and and I think that there's another book that we'll we'll go into called Relentless, where the, he actually talks about the darkness in someone. And I think that's part of it too. I don't want to call it a darkness. I don't think it's a negative, but I think that's I think that's kind of where the author was going with all this. I don't think it necessarily is sexual. Yeah. I think it's a lot of things that are similar. And I think it's just the his best idea of what it was. Um, but the Agreed. the fifth version of the fifth the fifth identifier of a highly sexed individual, successful person, body adornment. People who are highly sexed are usually very careful about their personal appearance. They usually select clothing of a style becoming to their personality, physique, complexion, etc. And I think that's important because again, mm-hmm. all this comes down to is having that self-confidence. Confidence. And I think what he's getting at is you're hot, you're more you have more confidence when let's face it, someone's willing to sleep with you. This extremely intimate thing. Yes. Right. Not that you're even willing to sleep with them. But right. Just knowing that someone that is you could. Correct. Right. It's like you, and you feel confident about I yourself. would agree with that. You know? I would agree with that. It's yep. not even the act itself. It's, it's not. just the idea that you could. Like, okay. Right. I feel good about myself today. You still got and it. You should be confident and um conduct yourself the rest of the day in that confident matter. Exactly. You know, because now you're gonna just Maybe you'll just receive things different. You'll, right. You'll put out different energy because now you're more confident. There you go. Yeah, they're whatever, but I still got it. And that made me, and and take the compliment. Right. That made me feel good. And it has right. nothing really to do for me. Unless you're safe. Right. It's just like, it's just really about me and my confidence. Right. Unless you are unsafe. If someone's catcalling, I felt like I really need to justify this catcalling right, comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm taking it too far. Any, like, right. If you're not safe, run away. Right. But. And we're also not saying to can't call anyone to correct. increase their confidence. Exactly. Maybe a okay. smile and just say, hello. Maybe we'll, we'll make them feel out. good. Maybe we won't. We'll yeah, we'll probably okay. take that part okay. out. Because I'm overthinking <laughs> that too much. All right. <laughs> Imagining all the, all the crazy um, comments. Yeah, right. Um, but I definitely want to touch on in this chapter how he talks about the men's view of sex. Oh, yes. Okay. Now he says, and I quote, if a woman permits her husband to lose interest in her mm. and become more interested in other women, it is usually because of her ignorance or indifference toward the subjects of sex, love, and romance. Now, the first time you hear that, it may sound as harsh to you as it was when I read it, but then I I did have to reread it and really think about it. Um, It's not that harsh. So I get what he's saying. But if you guys grow apart, I guess, and are not on the same, the same vibe anymore, right? Because as he says, like permits her husband to lose interest because maybe her interest is something else. Maybe she doesn't care. Like that's I'm the just way I took it. This so like again. I okay, 
So I took that as like, if I'm letting my husband like lose interest in me, it's because I don't care about his interest in me anyway. Mm. Like, I don't care that you're not interested in me because it's her value isn't on that relationship on that level anymore. This is true. Like, so her- like it is her, it's her indifference to the whole idea of love at that point. And that can happen in many different facets. Maybe so she's, you know what? maybe she's tired of raising the kids. Maybe he's that's at like, work all the time. So at the end of the day, if it gets to that point, maybe at the, that's what the woman really wants. It, th- right. Exactly. You know, like yeah. maybe she's fed up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I so, think that's yeah, what he's saying. Like yeah, yeah. it's, it's not, I see where you're going because yeah, you first read that word and it says permit. You're like, whoa. Right. Like, like that's a trigger word. Like he ain't permitting me to do nothing. Right. But right. Exactly. I do, but, but I get it. And you know what? It's somewhere else in this chapter. It does say and vice versa, you yeah. know, like a man can, permit a woman to also lose interest correct too. absolutely he said that very he talked about that very shortly but he very shortly he didn't he, mention it so the author does do the, the the author does do a okay job of sometimes acknowledging women exist in the business world but again it's 1937 exactly, exactly. i think is this the chapter where he talks about the one so he does talk about one famous woman i don't remember her name and I, I think like his, his her greatest claim to fame was that she won the um, appeal of an older gentleman or something or a rich woman, rich man. I don't think it was this chapter, but it, he like was that. like, he was like, that's to show women you can't like can't give up and you can find a rich man. Mm. And he was like so proud of himself oh, for God. writing that. that. And was his reference to? <laughs> I was like, oh. I was like. I was listening to it. I'm like, all right, he's bringing up something positive. And I was like, oh. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay, well, it's oh, cool. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then the last point about this is he does say that, you know, a man's greatest motivating force is his desire to please a woman. Yeah. So, you know, the old age saying that um, behind every good man is a better woman. Yeah. Um, apparently, that was the case in 1930 and it's still the case in 2023. Absolutely. I mean, I think... I think I think that's very true. You know that that was Makes such sense. a fun chapter. <laughs> All right, right, so we're keeping going with the funness of this book, and and the book I will say gets so good at the end. Like the last several chapters are so amazing. Agreed, chapters and a lot of fun to read. One. Yes. So if you ever do pick up this book and you decide to read some of it, and you don't want to go through the first couple chapters because even with our wonderful dissection of it you're still bored to tears <laughs> you can skip to the end i don't think we'll judge you but you will miss out on a lot of great things yes so you'll just have to listen to this podcast over and over and over again <laughs> so so the, the next couple chapters kind of fall into each other yep and we're talking about the subconscious mind your brain and your sixth sense um this is really fun this is kind of where it gets a little weird though uh, i think it depends on your uh I had your, fun your with level it. Of we- exactly. Right. So, I had yeah. fun with it. Like yeah. it is, it is definitely my level of weird. It definitely makes me think. Yes. For sure. Yes. So subconscious mind, we kind of touched upon it in the beginning uh, when we're talking about the autosuggestion yep. and the power that your subconscious has your subconscious. Oh my gosh. When I tell you, you probably make over 3,000 decisions a day, you would laugh at me because you're like, what do you mean? I don't make that many decisions. Yes, you do. Every time you take a breath, yep. you are making a decision 
to make that breath. You do it subconsciously. It's muscle memory. It's done. It's still a decision. There's still synapse that have to connect to make you breathe. And they're firing these waves to get the job done. That's a lot of energy. Yep. It's a ton of energy. So the so the subconscious mind takes up less energy than your conscious mind. So when you have to make a conscious decision, it takes a lot more energy than your subconscious mind. So if you can train your subconscious to make more decisions on autopilot, you're you're going to have more energy to make conscious decisions. So when you're it's two, three o'clock in the afternoon and you're fatigued and you're really tired, that's decision fatigue. Yep. That's because your conscious and subconscious has been working overtime. If you made way too many decisions, take a break. Take a break. Um, in real estate world, you have to take so, a nap. Thank you. you know? I was just about to say, hey, realtor, why don't you eat lunch? Yes, it's okay. Right, and you don't have to eat in your car. You can sit down right. at a restaurant and eat. It's okay. You Refresh can, yourself. I'm gonna blow your mind. <laughs> you can turn your phone off. Uh uh-uh. uh And the world won't end. Yeah. <laughs> and every deal you have going will still be okay. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> For one hour. I Correct. promise you. Promise. Yes. Yes. But you need that because you're not going to be able to make good decisions at the end of the day. That's why loan officers, if you wait to the end of the day, and I get it, sometimes we don't know bad news until the end of the day. But if you wait till the end of the day to tell someone bad news, they're going to overreact more likely because they're exhausted. But also, um, as far as like the decisions, um, as the on a realtor perspective, when mm-hmm. I am prospecting and making cold calls, I do like to make calls between nine and eleven a.m. before people get that decision fatigue, before yeah. they are irritated and ready to cuss me out on the phone. Yeah, you know, I get a lot less cuss outs in the a.m. Right, you probably make more appointments. Yes. Yep. At least good good conversations. People right. are more willing to talk. Absolutely. I buy it. I buy it. So we kind of went off topic a little bit. So subconscious mind, though. There's power into into building your subconscious mind. And that goes back to chapter two. Having those affirmations, saying the same things to yourself all the time. That repetition. Yeah. Like until you believe it, until it's habit. Until right. you don't even have to think about thinking about it. Exactly. And it all, it, it's it every day. So the subconscious mind. We're going to, so in the subconscious mind, there's, emotions. Okay. There's positive and negative emotions. And one of the things the author says that I absolutely loved, you cannot feel a positive and a negative emotion at the same time. Exactly. Positive and negative emotions cannot occupy the mind at the same time. Okay. So think about- So what are the, um, so what are some positive emotions? All right. So the, he has seven positive Seven major positive emotions here. Um, The emotion of desire, the emotion of faith, Mm. the emotion of love, Hmm. the emotion of sex, Hmm. Hmm. not the action of sex, the emotion Emotion of sex, right? That's a difference. The emotion of enthusiasm. Ooh, got that one. The emotion of romance. Okay. And the emotion of hope. Nice. Those are the seven major positive emotions. I like that. It's very, very similar to the first several chapters of this book. Yep. Desire, right? faith, fear, yeah, all of that. Yeah. yeah. And and you but now what are some of the six negative emotions? Okay, so negative emotions, and there's seven of those. The emotion of fear, mm-hmm. which we will we've been talking about. The emotion of jealousy. Mm. The emotion of hatred. Ooh. Ooh, the haters. 
the emotion of revenge. Not very good. Mm-mm. The emotion of greed. Mm-hmm. The emotion of superstition. I love that one. And the emotion of anger. Yeah. I feel like these are more on point than the positive emotions. Like these, ne- really? you, need to, you need to know these negative emotions. So you know where not to be though. Yeah. I think that, I think that positive emotions are labeled differently than what I would have, right. but very on point. Yeah. And the negatives, you think about those negative emotions. Those are, those are things that we keep saying, you know, stay away from. Yes. That they're not healthy. Yeah. They're just not. And again, we all know people who jump to these negatives, but either they're either jealous or they're trying to knock someone down. They're the people who talk about people behind their back. They're the people who will lie, cheat, and steal to get a deal. Yep. They are the people that will run them red themselves ragged to get a deal. Yes. Think about that. And just you don't have truthful. to be the mean person to be considered greedy. Yeah. If you're, again, I go back to my younger years and I, again, I wish I knew then what I knew now of how much time I wasted, not wasted, but gave up from my family to work on business out of greed. Because in my mindset, it was, I got to make the money. Was it greed? Was it desperation? Or both? A little bit, but isn't that both negative? Yeah, it's both negative though. It's the fear of being full, the fear of being poor. Yep. There you go. It's that, yeah, it's that, it's that fear. Mm. So like, think about that the next time, you know, think about that stuff when, you know, question why you're doing something. Am I doing this because I'm afraid or, or are you doing it out of those, those positive emotions? Yes. You know, because that can happen too. It could be, you know what, this realtor told me that this person is on their 10th offer. (sighs) that best and final is due by five. And if we don't get it in, they're going to lose out. And this is the absolute perfect house. And they're finally putting in a great offer. Yeah. You know what? That's going to be fear that, or that's going to be the emotion of love. That's not that I'm not doing that because I'm going to get the money. I'm right. not doing not that. I'm not desperate. You really want to help this person. This that person. One for them. Exactly. Yes. And I'm, and you're doing that with a positive connotation instead of that ne- instead of that negative connotation behind that action. That's a good way to look at it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So again, we're never talking, we're, we're never going to tell you not to work hard. It's just have purpose. Yes. Have there that purpose for working hard. Have purpose. Yeah. And have a positive purpose for working yep. hard. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So this chapter, you know, talks a lot about um, those negative emotions, those positive emotions, the, the positives on affirmations, mm-hmm. you know, and like you had said, even back in the thirties, he was talking about how important it is to have positive self-talk and yes. positive affirmations. So, um, he was definitely on to something so important. Yes. And, yes. and, you know, I will argue that all day long, how important it is to have those affirmations because you, it, again, it's just the way your brain is going to work. It's the way that you're going to be able to get to the, the subconscious decision-making that you need to, to make, to, to reach your, to, to be successful and to reach your goals. Absolutely. Um, so like, that's, that's kind of like what we're dealing with the subconscious mind. What's the next one? The brain the brain. I didn't really do much in the brain. Um, and the brain. Okay. Well, the brain they're talking about, um, high vibrations, picking up vibrations. Oh, the vibrations, the brains that were, are released by other brains. You All know, right. that subcon- subconscious, you know? So talking about subconscious brings us to the brain. Okay. We've been talking about, and we've been 
teasing a little bit about brain waves. Mm-hmm. Okay. So brain so we talked about how to how you can use your subconscious and trick your not trick your subconscious, but actually train your subconscious to to make more decisions on your behalf to reach your goals by using your affirmations at least twice a day. When you wake up and when you go to bed, kind of do a meditation, envision your goals, envision what you're looking yep. for. Because visualization is a big part of it. Absolutely. Yep. And say them out loud. Yep. Right. Make it like a ritual. Yes, exactly. Like make it like a like a meditative habit. Yeah. And you gotta believe it. Right. And then what that's going to do is help, again, build your subconscious. But now the brain in and of itself is a magical device to this author. I feel like it was that moment. Oh, maybe I'll put sound clips in. (laughs) So the brain, as according to the author, has, has the ability to give off wavelengths. And I have read this in other books. Um, I don't, I can't remember exactly which one, so I can't quote them, but I have read this before, right? That you got the brain waves. And the other thing I loved about this chapter is he mentioned, he was talking about how, you know, energy and matter can neither be created nor destroyed. And I love that because I've been saying that for a very, very long time in my life. You know, you can't, you, you create it nor destroy it. So where does your energy go when you die? Hmm. It gets changed. Into? Other things. Other forms of energy. Correct. Right. So the facet of the brain putting out brain waves and energy isn't that far-fetched. So in theory, that energy, now this is where we were getting a little, I was getting a little weird today. We were talking about this earlier. That brain energy of a thinker, right, today Mm -hmm. Is it that far-fetched to think that that energy could somehow travel in time to reach another person in the past? In the past. Okay, but you have to explain it like you explained it to me earlier. Oh, I can't do that. Oh my gosh, right, because (laughs) now you're leaving me looking at you weird again. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was my point. You explained it in a way where I was like, oh, so it's not like changing of the past correct okay right okay. so it's it's okay so actually it was kind of reverse so right. so I was, I was i was describing it kind of in the reverse there you go so i was thinking more like if i was this author back in 1937 and i was a male and i was thinking i, I was getting myself in a meditative state right and i worked myself up in such a meditative state that i could almost predict where things were going to go in the future mm. Like what could benefit me in the future and what it would look like. Then that could allow him to, this is the more logic part of why he's so advanced is that would explain why a lot of his ideas about positive affirmations, power of positive thinking, using your subconscious to point you in the right direction to get what you want, um, which actually is not such a modern way of thinking, but Mm -hmm. that's another story. Um, you know, utilizing the brain waves, like thinking about how brain waves work and that whole theory, which is very, very modern-esque type of theory, yeah. could be because he was in such a mindset to receive that information in a way that felt futuristic, mm-hmm. where a lot of people in his time maybe weren't thinking that way. Uh, yeah, I can see Clearly that. Clearly weren't. were not. Right, thinking yep. in that in that way. So then, So then those ideas wouldn't hit them. 
Correct. Right. Okay. That was similar to what I said before. Right? Yes. Okay. That was, that was more like, okay, I can, I can <laughs> You can get behind that. that. Yes. But, but the reverse, <laughs> no. Got it. Okay. <laughs> so, but I mean, because he was definitely like ahead of his time, you know, with yeah. a lot of this, it's crazy how it's all relevant today. It's been yes. for all, almost a hundred years. Yep. All this has been relevant. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. So we're wrapping this up and we're getting closer. And the way the author ends the book, I think is very smart. And he goes over your fears, your fears and why your fears cripple you and keep you in a stagnant state and why people fail. And I'd hate that word failure, but why people fail or or don't reach their goals, let's say is because they fall into their fear. Yep. And I loved how he outlined each one of the fears. And how many fears were there? There were how many? 57. Um, he called them alibis, but they're really like fears. Right. You know, 57 of them. Um, and he states that fears are nothing more than a state of mind. That's true. Like until you give it life, it's just in your mind. Right. And it doesn't live until you actually give it that belief that right. it's true. It's, it, it's not. He says, you know, one state of mind is subject to control and direction. Right. And that's exactly right. So why don't we highlight some of these fears? Okay. We will, what we are going to do is we're going to read them and then just take out the ones we don't like Got or it. the ones that we don't have a conversation on. So do you mean these ones where he was like, if, 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 maybe, let me see. Or, cause there was another, cause you know, he had, he made a list in every chapter. I know. Like he was the. <laughs> oh, it was this. Yes. Yep. That's what I have then. Or maybe it was something else. Hold on. Cause those aren't, he's not calling those fears. He's calling no, them alibis there was... for failure, for, for your fear. Why you didn't do something. If this, if that. Oh, I think it was this one. I think it was the self analyst. Oh, no, that's the self analyst questions. Oh, no, it's the six basic fears. Hold on. Okay. All right. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay. So there's six basic fears. Um, Oh, yeah, because I would love... Okay, hold on. Let's try and get to the... Okay, so there's six basic fears that the author talks about. Okay, fear of poverty, Mm -hmm. fear of criticism, fear of ill health, the fear of loss of love of someone, the fear of old age, and the fear of death. Now, the poverty, criticism, and ill health they are actually at the bottom of most of someone's worries. Right. Mm -hmm. So like if you get, if you were to list them out, like they're not high on their list, fear of poverty, poverty. criticism and ill health, which I would agree. I think people are more motivated by the fear of death, old age and loss of someone they love. Yes. Okay. And so he goes through and he, he describes more detail all of these fears, like fear of poverty, that's pretty much your, so this one was really cool because it's kind of like when you have a fear of being poor or the fear of, of 
you know, losing it all. Okay. You're almost destining yourself to be poor. Right. Cause you're because, staying in that mentality. Right. It goes back to the self-conscious. Yep. You're telling yourself, I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be poor. And all your self-conscious is hearing is poor, 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 poor. poor. You're going to make those decisions that make you poor mm. in essence. Yep. You may not take certain risks. You may not do this. You right. may not do that because you're so afraid. Right. Yep. And it's, and it's the same thing when it's the same thing with all of these fears, basically, is that if you think about them too much, you're going to, you're going to use your subconscious is going to believe that it's true. Yeah. So like fear of criticism, if you are constantly worried of what other people are going to be thinking of you, you're going to subconsciously do the things that create it. His example is phenomenal on this one. So his example on this one was guys, he felt, he felt that most men become bald because of wearing hats. Oh my gosh. Tight fitted hats. I, I know, I know. That now. Okay. 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 The science is not behind this, but, but, yes. but okay. take this analogy. It was hilarious. <laughs> so FYI, male pattern baldness is a trick not. from your mother. Correct. It is not caused <laughs> by wearing tight fitted hats. Although you can get bald spots from, from it. Yeah. Like I wear my hair back too much and. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So there's maybe some truth to that. I'm sure we'll have comments. <laughs> so anyway, so he's talking about how men who wear tight fitted hats, you know, they experience bold, but they still wear the hats because they want to fit in. Right. Okay. Women don't experience baldness. Ha ha ha. Wish someone would tell me that. Yeah. Um, Because we don't wear tight fitted hats. We have loose flowy hats. I know. Does it? Okay. Yeah. Don't pay attention to the actual. <laughs> right. To the hats but the logic <laughs> is the logic is they wanted to fit in. They're afraid of being criticized for doing something different. This part of the chapter I really, really loved because mm -hmm. he brings up ideologies as well. This is where you talked about people who are in their midlife, you know, forties and fifties have come to a, a um, point in their life where he's, he suggested that most people stop believing in religion mm. and different dogmas and right. stuff, but they're scared to admit it or tell anyone because of fear of being criticized. They don't want to step out. I experienced that today. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. Right. And didn't want to be criticized. Didn't want to say anything. So I just kept my mouth shut mm. while listening to someone who did believe in that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Right. So it's really, really, and I don't mean stuff in that bad way, please, yes, but yes, you yes. get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it's really interesting. We, we constantly are feared of being criticized yeah. or thought of, but imagine how, how different the world would be. And this is what he says, how different the world would be if we would stop worrying if someone's criticizing us and we just were who we are just and openly are. admitted to who we were to everyone and and not but not worry about being criticized and accepting that other person for believing that mm. or not believe like imagine that yeah like imagine that world like this is deep thought here this chapter is extremely deep it really is that's why i say he was way yeah. ahead of his time because absolutely i mean i feel like that that fear Every day. Yes. Fear of criticism. Whether it's absolutely calling another agent, calling my broker, oh, is this a stupid question? Yeah. Posting something on social media. Like it's 
That's a constant thing. Yeah. 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 What are people going to say? What are they going to think? How many times have I said on this podcast, oh, we'll cut this one out. It's going to cause too much drama. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's because. That's the criticism. It's the the fear of criticism. Fear of criticism. And, you know, overcoming these are hard, but it's not impossible. You know? Right. The fear of ill health. This was really fun. And and this is another thing. This is another time where he did step up and and open it up to women. Right? So men, and this is where he mentioned the the hypochondria. So many people suffer from hypochondria. And in that time. In that time. That's 75% of people that went to the doctor were hypochondriacs. Which is outrageous. Oh, absolutely. Crazy. But he was also saying how the women, if you remember this part, the women hide their despair. Mm. So women don't, you'll never know a woman is sad until she's basically killed herself. Mm. I mean, if that ain't the woman. Right. I mean, the woman, the mother, I mean, because as a woman, as a mother, you know, you kind of do have to put some things aside for the better of the family. Right. Yep. That's true. Yeah. Because like the haggard man, the the poor man, the the man who's down is like, you can see that he's poor. You can see that he's desperate. You see the desperation on him, but you won't on a woman. Mm. Damn. That speaks more to her strength. Isn't it? Like, okay. So she's strong enough to not show that and still push through, but she's still going through these things. I kind of felt the author had a fear of, of criticism by writing too many things about women, to be fair. Ooh, you are probably so on point because they weren't, it wasn't accepted back then. It's not that it wasn't even what it expected. It wasn't, didn't care. Right. I mean, he wasn't writing to that. It wasn't in the audience. Women were equal anyway. Right. At that time. So you're probably right. Right. But that's that's the truth. Nuggets in every once in a while, but the ones he did stick in about, they were great. They were great. They were great. Yep. Wow, that's good. Um, what other two? What other two uh, fears do we have that we and, still have to discuss? Um, fear of death. Fear of death. Right. And so did we do? Oh, loss of love and loss of love. Yep. Right. So fear of death. Fear of death is clear. You know, if you walk around, like basically, you know, it's all about your mindset. It all that comes can definitely down to be mindset. paralyzing. Because look, at the end of the day, right. none of us are getting out of here alive. But if you right. walk around thinking, "Oh my God, what's going to happen? The building's going to fall." Blah blah blah. Right. You will be paralyzed with fear and not be able to live your life. Exactly. I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah. Absolutely. Somehow. Yeah. So live your life now. Yeah, I'm trying to have fun. Right. Yeah. And Just live my life. Do the right time. Do the right things. That's right. it. Yeah. And then the fear of loss of love kind of goes into his whole sex thing. Yeah. You know, loss of love of someone. Like, how many times have you think about as a okay? Let's bring this to the back to the women. How many times have you felt? Oh, I can't do this, that, or other thing, or else my husband will be mad, or my boyfriend will be mad, or the person mm-hmm. I'm with will be mad. Mm. Right? And yep. men, I know for a fact you think that too. Exactly. I'm not going to bring that up because she's just going to nag me. Yep. She's going to get mad mouth. at me. Yep. Right. She's going to be mad. Yep. And. Because you don't want them to not, because you feel that that arguing and that fight is going to be. It's like a loss. A loss of love. Right. Love one. But it's right. And I think it's like just having that faith that it's not going to lose the love. Yeah. But you're still standing up for yourself. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, well, now we know, and I guess, I guess it depends on the individual Mm -hmm. and the relationship, but you can agree to disagree even with your spouse. Right. In a loving way. Exactly. Yeah. So summing up Think and Grow Rich, 
Think and Grow Rich. This was a great book. It was phenomenal. It was it was a really good book. This is right. one that I can see um, maybe reading or listening to again. Maybe listening to my our own podcast. Oh, maybe. Yes. So, at some point in time. Right. <laughs> so I think it's important to note it's it's not a secret. This isn't stuff that's hard. It's only hard if you make it hard. Mm-hmm. It just requires you to be consistent habit forming, right? Yep. It, it develop your mindset to be open to receiving those greatness that you are desiring, that you want. Know what you want. Know what you want. Make a decision. Know what you want clearly um, and um, take the steps. Yeah. Don't, don't let fear get in your way. Yep. Be surround yourself with the people that are going to help you get there. And yep. I think that kind of summarizes everything, right? Yes. So believe, surround yourself with those folks that are going to help you get there, manage your fear, be able to make decisions. Yeah. And and go for it. Go for it. So Natasha, Paula, I am going to challenge you. Okay. I think we should revisit this book in like 3 months. Okay. What I would love to do is kind of put some of this stuff in motion for ourselves and our business. Yes. Kind of see how it goes. Yes. And then report back to our fans in a couple months and report on how we are now thinking and growing rich and how this stuff has uh, changed us. Exactly. All right. I am down for it. So are we going to like go to chapter two and do what he says? Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm with it. Okay. We got to record it. Do we have to record that? Or we well, have to at least write it down. Of, yeah. We have to. We have to like know what you did. Like we need to be able to see where we are now. Yes. And then where we are. We got to re- we got to actually have numbers and stuff to show our audience. Yeah. That okay. this, that, you know, how it works and how we imp- implemented it and into our lives. And that has changed yep. us, our business, yep. in three months. All right. Excellent. Challenge well, accepted. All right. Let's shake on that. Uh, good handshake. Good firm handshake. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to our listeners for listening to this first edition of Because You Won't Read It. First edition. I am Paula Hewn. And I'm Natasha Gaines. Thank you so much, Paula, for having me, for for doing this. Good, because you're going to be with me on every episode. Okay, yay. So that's that's (laughs) great. Stay tuned for our next episode uh, where we will be discussing yet another book that we think you should read but never will. Um, Again, have a great day. Take that chance and post some successes. We'd love to hear some of the things that you've done to help your business grow. Bye, guys.